Welcome. You're listening to Otherwise, Wisdom from the Other, a variety podcast dedicated to empowering diverse communities living in Treaty 6 territory by sharing stories of their lived experiences. Hello, my name is Karen Tang, your host for this episode. As an immigrant to North America, and as someone who has worked with indigenous peoples and newcomer immigrants all her professional life, I have always been interested in exploring the relationship between newcomer and indigenous communities. And increasingly, I'm hearing treaty acknowledgement in a lot of community events, often delivered by a community leader or authority figure. They generally go something like this one that we shared at our podcast launch party last month. We acknowledge that the land upon which we're gathered today is a special place. We're privileged to gather on Treaty 6 territory. Edmonton sits on the traditional territory of the Nihayawe, the Cree people, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, and the, and the Kota Sioux. It is also home to peoples of the Métis Nation and has become the home of settlers and the descendants of settlers and other indigenous and non-indigenous peoples from all over the world. So just what is a treaty? It's the agreement that the original European settlers entered with indigenous peoples of this land we call Canada. It is an agreement of how people interact, coexist, and relate to one another. Treaties are a deep, deep part of our history and underlines the current day relationships between indigenous and non-indigenous peoples and how we understand one another. I personally find treaty acknowledgement really interesting and have always struggled with it as someone not originally from here. How do you make that acknowledgement authentic and meaningful? Because otherwise, are they not just simply words? So to help me explore this topic, I reached out to some friends who were part of a community project about bridge building between diverse cultures. One aspect of this project focused on the relationship between newcomer immigrants and indigenous communities. This project was done through an organization called the Edmonton Multicultural Coalition that works with ethnocultural communities in Edmonton. The conversations you'll hear today is about some of the interactions folks from the Multicultural Coalition had with an indigenous organization called Bent Arrow Traditional Healing Society as part of their learning experience. Uh, so my name is Cheryl Whiskeyjack, and I'm the executive director of Bent Arrow Traditional Healing Society, which is located in uh, beautiful old closed school, Edmonton Public School, called Parkdale. So. And my name is Christy Meets, and I am the supervisor for Practice and Ceremony Cultural Support Services program. Okay, um, I'm Smanpreet, and I came to Canada last year in July. And back home, I was a professor in psychology. I taught master's students. Uh, we immigrated from India, and there's a particular state, Punjab. So that was Cheryl Whiskey Jack and Chrissy Pace from Bent Arrow, and Manpreet Sidhu from the Multicultural Coalition that you heard. And you will hear them throughout this episode. Now back to Bent Arrow. Bent Arrow works with many, many groups. But in particular, it works with four major organizations as part of this collective called C5. One of these organizations is the Edmonton Mennonite Center for Newcomers that works with newcomer immigrants. C5 came together, really it was about giving voice to the 30,000 people they collectively served. And they're always looking for ways to work together. 
In one instance, Bent Arrow collaborated with the Mennonite Center for Newcomers in a Canada 150 grant. And it all came out of discussion in a C5 meeting where I was really frustrated one day and talked about how one of my missions in life is to change the narrative Canada has about my people, my community,、mm-hmm. um, because it's a really terrible narrative. And it's really colored by what you see on the news, and what the news likes to put on is not really great stories.、Mm-hmm. Um, and so we、uh, wanted to spend time with、uh, the newcomers at Mennonite Center because we are connected to them through the C5 work we do, and、um, share our stories with one another.、Mm-hmm. And it was really、um, enlightening. It was really、uh, uplifting. Um, and it deepened our relationship with that organization, and we're just literally like a block and a half away from、mm-hmm. each other. So we spent a week together sharing our narratives with each other, our worldview, our values,、mm-hmm. why these things are important to us. And I mean, you're probably not going to be surprised at how similar our worldviews are and our experiences are.、Um, it really、um, we found a lot of common ground in that time we spent together and learned a lot about each other. One of the things that I will always remember about that time was learning that their first narrative was of us,、mm-hmm. of Indigenous people in Canada, was terrible,、mm-hmm. terrible, and they didn't—they didn't get that narrative from.、Um, they got that narrative from people in their own community.、Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if if I just moved to Edmonton from Ontario and someone else from Ontario moves here. I'm gonna be like, here's where you wanna, here's the neighborhoods you wanna go to, here's the ones you wanna stay away、That's、from, right? right? I'm、That's、gonna、right. help people who are coming here because I've been here for a while,、yeah. and it's the same thing with our newcomers. So they are misinforming their own folks, but it's what they were told when they、mm-hmm. got here, and it's what they were told a generation before when they got here. So this narrative is really embedded、mm-hmm. and、um, and really contrary to to what it, what the reality is. And so our newcomers that we were spending time with were like saying, "Wow, I was told you don't speak to them, you don't look at them, don't make eye contact with、mm-hmm. them,、um, don't engage."、Yeah. And and one of the newcomers I'll never forget said, "I spent a lot of time looking at the ground."、Wow. So they were in front of me at the lineup at Safeway, they were at the bus stop when I was waiting for the bus. Everywhere I went, there was Indigenous people. And I wasn't supposed to look at them. I wasn't supposed to engage with them.、Uh-huh. And so she said, "I just spent a lot of time looking at the ground." And so after、um, spending that week together, she said, "I'm going to smile at everybody. I'm going to say hi to everybody because now she knew a different,、uh, a different story. Just be human. Yeah, yeah. just be human.、Mm-hmm. And so right after that,、uh, that time we spent together, Aboriginal Day was coming, and they were very excited and. Uh, by this new knowledge that they had, and we said, "Yeah, we're just down the street. Come over. We're it's open to everybody. So come." And so they came. And when you look at the photographs from that day,、um, one of the things I always think is so wonderful about those photographs is like the the while、well, the focus of the photographs are indigenous, are indigenous artisans, are dancers, are singers.、Mm-hmm. Um, in the background were like a lot of hijabs,、yeah. um, which I think is beautiful. Like、um, that we had that, and it was right near the end of Ramadan as well. So it's like another week or two to go for Ramadan, and it was,、um, um, you know, it's probably like the hardest part if I'm imagining fasting for that those many days, and you're you're 
you're more than halfway, so you're sort of fatigued from it all, and you're ready for it to be over, and um, and so and and we all know that part of any celebration is food, mm-hmm. right? So we had food all over the place at our celebration, and they couldn't partake, but they could partake in everything else, and they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Ramadan ended, we were so uplifted by their um, openness to our invitation to come to our celebration that we were like, we want to mark the end of this very special time for your uh, calendar, your spiritual calendar, and special time in your year, and we want to mark the end of your your fast with um, a feast uh, for Eid. And so we did that here, and we sent a, we got help from our Muslim staff that are here. They told us where to get the food, what kind of food people like. Um, but we also have people who just bought food that is meaningful to them, obviously mindful of the dietary restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just had this really great feast at the end of uh, Ramadan. And and, uh, and then um, they, now we're friends. Now mm-hmm. we're friends. And so... That, that reciprocity. Yeah. And it's like, I can call them now. Yeah. I'm not yeah. shy anymore. I can call them and they... They, they called it said, we want to go, like, we love the powwow dancing at, at your Aboriginal day. We want to go to, a, like, a real powwow. And uh, and so we had some funds left over from that grant, and we used those funds to charter some buses and get, I believe it was 75 huh. of those newcomers onto those buses, and we took them to Enoch Powwow. While they were sitting up in the bleachers or whatever, um, visitors are, are the community was coming and, and saying, come and sit with us at the drum, come dance with us at the inner tribal, mm-hmm. I'll tell you about my regalia, all that. And so they really embraced our, our visitors that mm-hmm. day and it was a really awesome job. Um, so that's, I mean, it was a really wonderful, good feeling day for everybody. Even stepping back a bit, because you, Cheryl, you mentioned that, you know, you see some shared worldviews and perspectives mm-hmm. and so forth, both of you. What are those? Well, one, I mean, I, I like telling stories. So one, one of the things we talked about is our connection to the land. Mm-hmm. It's very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, to us, the land is sacred. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's, a, it's a responsibility of ours to, to care for the land and take care of the land. And some people start on the Bible, mm-hmm. and some people hold the land, and that's all they need to hold themselves accountable. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that was a really huge... Um, similarity between our our two cultures is that that land is so sacred to us as well and we have we you you wouldn't swear on it um and 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 desecrate it by lying or doing anything that you weren't supposed to be doing yeah so that that to me that's an example that stood out um some of the kinship um, pieces were really important both Family. our communities, yeah. families yeah. Um, and our communities are like our communities and, and things like that so the, I would say the fundamentals yeah. of our cultures were very similar yeah. very, very structuring similar. and music yeah. and yeah. music very, you know, yeah. very uh, integral in our lives and mm-hmm. our connection to the drum mm-hmm. like, yeah. and the earth and you know like it's the fundamental pieces that really, you know, you can do something different and come to the same result, right? Mm-hmm. So just because it may not look exactly the same way we do it, ultimately it's the same idea behind it, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and I think one of the biggest things that really kind of uh, brings us together is, is that kinship piece and that family piece is that there's that unit that they tend not take the village and they really mm-hmm. believe that as well. And so 
um, I think when they kind of see those similarities and we see those similarities, we're like, yeah, we're not that different at all. We're really quite the same, right? Mm-hmm. So just because the outside looks different, the dress may look different, mm-hmm. or, you know, the, the language may sound different, doesn't it? Like, we're just all the same, really, what it comes down to what we need mm-hmm. um, to kind of thrive. Mm-hmm. What's that, um, and it's that ceremony that they do um, a few times a day where mm-hmm. they're, uh, using water to cleanse and purify okay. themselves. Yeah. Um, so we make time and space for our staff to do that. Yeah. And so they have a sign that they, because we're washroom poor in this school, <laughs> um, we have a sign that they can hang up. So, because it takes a while. Mm-hmm. And you don't want anyone standing up there going, ah, they've been in there forever. Um, but really, they're in ceremony when they're in there. And, right. and so we want to give them that space to do that. And our staff are all aware of it mm-hmm. and they see the sign and go, okay, I'll mm-hmm. come back, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, but when they were explaining what was, it's like smudging. That's that exactly say. like smudging. Yeah. Yeah. Only it's with water. Right. And so another similarity, right? Yeah, it's a ceremony and they're both, yeah. So, yeah. And one of the things that we did, we, um, I was part of an, an interview with a wonderful lady, Amina, we hired her to uh, work as a family wellness worker. And in our interview, she was telling us about herself a little bit and, you know, explaining that she's Muslim and, and um, being very careful and delicate to kind of explain herself to us and that she prays several times a day and, and you know, these are the way that she is. And, and, and in that, I think she was feeling out how we would respond to that. And, you know, of course, we're very accepting. And and, uh, and then she says, you know, at the end of the interview, is there anything that you would change about me? Or, and, you know, like when you said, you have question for us. She says, is there anything that you would change about me? And I said, absolutely not. Like, we mm-hmm. accept everything about what you've shared with us today. Bent Arrow also worked with another group of newcomers in a unique project from the Edmonton Multicultural Coalition. I talked to Manpreet Sadhu, who participated in this project that had discussion groups called Common Spaces, where people came together to talk. Yeah, actually, when we just came here, and because of my research background, some people told me that uh, Edmonton Multicultural Coalition has a small projects on research every month, that they are going to have a research on interculturalism and mul- multiculturalism. But it really attracted me, and then I started doing it with them. Actually, the main topic of it was, it was like into a way of social integration between immigrants and hosts. So that is in the month of September, and it was just three, four months I was here. So it was a you know new term that I'm a new immigrant like what kind of integration is there and we have nobody here it's Mm -hmm. just me and my husband so we're just new to this culture new to this environment so it was something which really give gave me an impression that I should go there and I should Mm -hmm. talk to people what actually it is when people uh, immigrate from their countries Mm -hmm. and you know it is a conception that they just go and live there where their own community is Mm -hmm. so that happened with us too when we came here we just have one cousin here Mm -hmm. and it was like you should stay here or there so it's like uh, by going to that common space it was like why should we just go and stay there in our community when there are so many diverse people and Mm -hmm. so many interactions you can have Mm -hmm. so that was the one reason because in that multicultural uh, coalition group there were people from different cultures and we were talking so and at that point of time we really thought that our decision of staying in the center of the city is 
better. Like yes. we are not only on the south side of the city where our own community is. Right, right. At least we are able to get. So that's the reason we talked about that. And for me, I was totally because from that background, I was not of a history background. Mm-hmm. I was totally unaware of you know Canadian history and like for that. For us, the immigration process was so quick. I didn't have any kind of thought that what what place we are going to. Wow. Well, what? So, so you didn't really have a done. So you didn't really do much research about Canada before coming. Exactly. So the only thing you it was cold. <laughs> the only thing I knew it was cold and the only thing I knew it was a diverse country. Mm-hmm. It is a diverse country. Mm-hmm. But for me, that was like India is also a diverse country. Mm-hmm. There are people from so many religions. So that kind of mindset I had. But after coming here, it was like, like it's not diverse culture. It's diverse races, diverse ethnicity. Then everything is different. So for me, it was like, OK, so there are indigenous people, too. I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. So that was a person like very surprising for me. Okay, I need to know about the history of this country. I'm now a part of this country right. and I really don't know about it. Mm-hmm. So that I remember that, that day I went home and I talked to my cousin, uh-huh. my husband's cousin who's with me. And he was like, oh, no, I don't know about them. Uh, and I was, here for a while. Uh, he's been for six years. Yeah, yeah. So that's the difference I felt. And I really told him that you have been here from six years and you don't know. And I am just not even six months old, and I still know a little bit about them. So in this experience, out of the five common spaces where people gather to talk, one of them was held at Ventero, yeah. which is an indigenous organization. Um, was that your first maybe experience with Yeah, that was people? my first experience. What were your thoughts? Oh, uh, to be honest, when we went there, so when we met there, we learned about... Uh, at some point of, uh, you know, they did their practice. I just forgot uh, the smudging? name. Yeah, smudging. <laughs> when they did their practice with sage and everything, they told. Then at one point of time, I really, re- really felt that there are some things which are really common with our own religion. Mm-hmm. There are some things like uh, they uh, just everybody here calls their, you know, mother's sister or brother like uncle or aunt. But they use the word auntie and uncle. Mm-hmm. That is something which we use. Right. To, 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 to so you're very intimate, very close. Yep. Yeah. And like he told, uh, I forgot the name of the person who was giving the introduction there. Mm-hmm. But like he told that we all live in one home. That is something related to us and our oh, culture. It's, it's not like an intergenerational house. Exactly. It's yeah. not an individualistic culture in our country. We just live together. Mm-hmm. So that was, there were certain things. And I was like, they're totally like us. There is no difference. Mm-hmm. Like prayers and religion. Yeah. Maybe the religion is different, but the right. ways to do it. But the spirituality. The spirituality yeah. was same. So, like, so at one point of time, I was like that I can connect to them. So you basically came here on your own with your husband. You have one family, but you don't live together. And so you're really here on your own. You know, yeah. very individualistic. And you're leaving behind all these traditions that's very family-oriented. But then you get here, you learn about the indigenous people who are also very family-oriented people. Yes. And that that made you feel good. Yeah, that made me feel good. Like yeah. It was like, it's not only us. Mm-hmm. There, there are different communities and even the country own here, the people from here on, they're also in those traditions. The traditions might differ, but the only the thing behind it you know, the thought behind it is to be, the. I remember the one thing they said, that the only purpose of doing all these traditions and everything, to be one with God. Mm-hmm. And that is the reason we do prayers and everything. Right, yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Um, so, prior to coming, you didn't really have any sort of preconception about indigenous people in like for First Nations people in Canada. I didn't know, and, I didn't even know about their existence. How could I have preconceptions? Right, right. Of course, Knowledge and education are often the first step 
towards reconciliation. But doesn't reconciliation affect everyone? Shouldn't we educate, raise awareness, and build relationships with everyone? Is it worth dedicating some energy and resource to the particular demographic of newcomer immigrants? Absolutely, it is, and it's hard work.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard work.、Um, Why do you feel it's important to dedicate it?、Um, because、um, we all think we have each other figured out, I think, but we don't.、Mm-hmm. And there are certain things we've been taught as Canadians that you just don't talk about. And、uh, we want to be making a safe space to have those conversations with each other and learn about each other. You know, the police is a really great example. We, when we started that relationship with them, it wasn't about sort of sharing this tragic narrative with them, and therefore you should be softer on us or kind.、Mm-hmm. We recognized that they had a job to do,、mm-hmm. but we wanted them to be aware of what was behind. Some of the things that they were seeing out in the community while they were being,、uh, while they were policing,、yeah. that work is still happening.、Mm-hmm. Like we're still learning、mm-hmm. from each other about what's, what do you need to know about us to get this done, and,、mm-hmm. um, and then I think you know with this newcomer relationship that's that's been so wonderful and so new.、Um, when we do that work with each other, we're also showing. Others,、mm-hmm. how to do that work.、Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. You're,、um, you're, you're the model. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. we are.、Um, and one of the things I say about it is the biggest hurdle is here, and、uh, you know, it's your head.、Mm-hmm. That's the biggest hurdle we have is our head.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, if we can get through that,、yeah. then I mean, we can do anything. So why do you think it's important to know, particularly the history of Indigenous people in Canada?、Uh, what I believe is that every place has its own history, and if you are living somewhere, you should know about、mm-hmm. it. So for me, that was a really change. For myself,、mm-hmm. that it should not be only after three years when you have to go for the citizenship test and everything like that. Only、right. then you need to know it, or you have to do some course. But when you are at some place. You need to know, but like for our own country, it, it was also colonized and everything. Oh,、yeah. So when we know about it, and somebody comes here and you know what happened, we do tell them. Many immigrants' first contact with indigenous peoples and history is through the citizenship handbook, which every permanent resident has to read to pass a test and become a citizen. But I wondered, is there a way we can strengthen the content of this very thin booklet? What's missing here? Why is that important at all? And so another piece that I think a lot of newcomer immigrants get exposed to is the citizenship handbook. Oh yeah, 2015 was when I became a citizen, and I had to take my citizenship test, and I read through the booklet. So you know, pretty thin.、Um, and I understand the the challenge of fitting a lot of history into this very small book. By then, you no, know, 2015, I spent a lot of time in North America. I, I worked with.、Um, Indigenous communities coming in the states and in Canada, so I feel like at least I had that basic foundation. But I think there's a lot of people who don't, and you know, I speak English, you know, fluently, and I, I'm very used to ways and you know, assimilated in the in the Western context. But I think there's a lot of people who don't, and for them, from for a lot of them, this may be only exposure to First Nations, Inuit, Métis history that they get, which is like you know, one or two pages.、Mm. And you know,、uh, so for 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 these folks who may not be you know exposed a lot, you know, and if you have the power to change things in an ideal world, what would you like to see? Now, this is a, a what do you call it, like a like a rite of passage into 
to getting your Canadian citizenship. Mm -hmm. I talked earlier about my mission to change the narrative. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not sure what those few questions are in there about, but I can imagine what they are. It's all, uh, so so uh, a bit of it is about the first, like the very the original treaty and you know, sort of the meeting of the white man and the, the, the first mm -hmm. peoples. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those are real, and, like... And residential schools. Yeah. A brief history. Okay. Very brief. <laughs> yeah. Again, so not a great... Introduction. Yeah, not a great introduction. And so uh, if I could change anything, I would change it to the prequel. Mm -hmm. So pre-contact, context mm -hmm. is what I would share. Mm -hmm. Because that's who we are. Mm -hmm. That's who we still are. Mm -hmm. And that's, for the ones who are struggling, that's the place they're trying to get back to, mm -hmm. is the place of where we are and where we were in our communities pre-contact. Mm -hmm. Um, where we were a functioning society, mm -hmm. a healthy functioning society. Mm -hmm. And so we're not residential schools. We're mm -hmm. not 60 schools. We're not just treaty. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we're even not the Indian Act. Right. We're not the Indian Act. We are so much richer mm -hmm. than that and mm -hmm. so much more colorful, so much more meaningful. Um, I always tell our, our people our prequel is good. Mm -hmm. It's a really great story. And that's the story I would want newcomers to hear mm. um, about our governance structures, about how uh, we care for each other, about the roles of our people in our kinship, mm. in, in our kinship uh, maps, um, about how we had systems of justice, systems of education, we had rites of passage, we had like all things that I'm positive they're coming to this country with mm -hmm. from their own mm -hmm. uh, places of origin. origin. They have this as well, and so that's what I want people to know. So, so you really want you know the history to focus on the positive, yes, uh, on the strengths in, yeah. in the community, yeah, mm -hmm. and even in the ugliness, mm -hmm. we had so much good going on. So, Manpreet, when you become a citizen, you get a citizenship handbook, and one of the things they talk about in here is around diversity in Canada, and a brief history with the indigenous peoples. For example, first contact, how Europeans came to explore the land, there is the signing of the treaties and residential schools. I'm curious if you learn about any of that through the research project. Uh, no, it was not there. Mm -hmm. uh, in the research project, it was only, we were only, we were not talking about the history. Uh, there was only one session on what they're practices are okay. not about uh, how what what happened and everything mm -hmm. it was not there it was just about focusing on these issues that how to assimilate and right. uh, coordinate with each other and so you're learning about Canada's indigenous people is really about their traditional practices yeah uh, what we talked in Bentero was how they did it how they practice what their culture is wow. uh, so they showed us slides you know they, they had some practices yeah. like they did with uh, the smudging was something different than the sharing circle we all talked about what they are and how they accept people that's real. That's I think that's interesting too because there's a lot of people who never have that experience and their first lesson might be reading something like this that's all about yeah for me it, it will be the second lesson reading about their history yeah, um, so yeah they, they even they were so open the Bentero people they gave us pamphlets uh, I didn't get a chance to go because of my husband's schedule they gave us uh, like they had uh, 
uh, some practices according to the Brent Tarot session. Mm -hmm. And uh, I forgot the name of their one tradition. For two days, it was only for Aboriginal peoples, but for the third day, it was open for all cultures. Like a round, a round dance? Um, like a celebration? No, it was not round dance. It was something else. Okay. Um, because for a lot of people, they see, they learn about Aboriginal people as from the perspective of the Europeans. Okay. And, and actually, what you learned is really from the perspective of the people themselves. Um, you know, it's, a, it's very different. Yeah, it's uh, as a starting point of how you see each other. Um, right. Because I think if your starting point is, oh, the Europeans came first, they took over land, they put people in resi residential school, then your perception about yeah, Aboriginal people could be very different. So yeah, I, for me, for me, it was like uh, listening from their own. Yeah. That what this is what happened. Just talking to you kind of made me realize um, for a lot of immigrants, it's their first experience reading or seeing pictures or, you know, because they may not have ever interacted with an inter in, in, with indigenous person. So I was thinking, like, this will set your, set your, perspe your, your perspective. Yeah. You know, this could be your first impression. Is this the best impression we want people to have? Or is this something perhaps what you've experienced? From my own per perception and my from own experiences, you know, when I talked, I just told you, when I talked mm -hmm. to my, my cousin, he was like, I have been here for six years and I don't even know them. So he has been a student here, but he was not having any classmate mm -hmm. from indigenous people in his mm -hmm. classroom. So I really told him that he has just become a citizen now. Mm -hmm. So this might be his first. I, I was telling him that day, you know, everybody should talk to them first. We, Everyone should talk to the, the, the first peoples first. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why it came into my mind, but it just came into my mind. When I came here, there's a Braden uh, Institute, I think yeah, Braden. Yes, it's for a workforce or training, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, for the training and from. But I felt, yeah, they teach you how to make resumes and how to make right. cover letters. But I really felt that there should be something on this too. Wow. Uh, this was my personal opinion. Wow. Yeah, because, you know, uh, we are new here. Mm -hmm. uh, they are uh, dealing with the immigrants. They are dealing with the people already here, too. But they are mostly dealing with the immigrants. That's and uh, the immigrants here are coming here and they all, you know, everybody wants to come here and earn first. Mm -hmm. That's the priority for everybody. Mm -hmm. But what I felt was that they give you uh, sessions on resumes, they give you sessions on interview skills. But what I felt was there should be one session on the history, too. So essentially, I heard from these conversations, a cultural starting point would be very different from just a historical starting point about, say, the residential schools. No doubt, this history is very critical to shaping of who we are as a country. But those two starting points and perspectives would be very different. It was very powerful listening to these women talk about their own experiences interacting with the other, the common grounds they found through that interaction. And it was in these conversations I was able to relate, to laugh, and to empathize with a lot of what they had to say, with the relationship-building process they talked about between newcomers and indigenous peoples. In so doing, I explore my own connection to this treaty acknowledgement that we started the show with. So to come back full circle, I want to end today with this. I'm an immigrant, and you know, I don't come from this land, and I, I don't just want to say those words because I see them a lot, but I, I'm always even struggling to figure out what does it mean for me personally. And I just want to know from your perspective, what, what would you like to see um, happen with something like the land acknowledgement? What do you, 
how do you think people should interpret it for themselves? What should be their journey of connection? Um, I am one of the people who is okay with the words being given. Mm-hmm. My my comparison story mm-hmm. for land acknowledgement and how awkward it feels to say those words that don't necessarily mean much to the sayer mm-hmm. of those words mm-hmm. is growing up going to church. That's mm-hmm. my that's my mm-hmm. comparison. Um, going to church with my parents, we sat, we stood, we sang. We said some words, we knelt, we stood again, we sang another uh-huh. song. And as I, as a five-year-old, I didn't know what it was, but I knew I had to do it. I knew I had to participate in it. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't internalize it until much later. And so for me, that's what land acknowledgement is. It's so new mm-hmm. and it feels awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, and people want the words because they don't, they means a sign of respect mm-hmm. because they want to do it right, mm-hmm. and so give me the words so mm-hmm. I can do it right, mm-hmm. and it'll feel awkward. And the longer we do it, we won't remember a time when we didn't do it. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the place I just know we'll get to if we keep at this. And then I hear some people being negative about it and saying, "Well, it doesn't really mean much if your words are given to you and mm-hmm. you're just reading them." Um, and I think. You're a perfect example. What you just said says to me that you're trying to figure out what that means for yourself. Yes. So that is, that's real. Mm-hmm. That's real. That's genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's your truth, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, your truth is different than my truth. And I always say, I'm a settler here too. Mm-hmm. I'm from Ontario. This is not my territory. And so I'm a settler like you are. And uh, this isn't my territory. So... My land acknowledgement is the same. It feels the same, mm-hmm. right? Even though I've been living here for like 40 years or so. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. Some people were born here. Yep. And they still don't know how to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So we just I just think we need to keep at it. Yeah. And but I think it is important. Yes. I think it's really important. Um and it's and it's a very respectful thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable because it makes people uncomfortable, mm. right? Because we haven't always had people acknowledging this land. And so, but I think uncomfortable is worth doing because it's growth. And I think there are going to be people out there where the words are just the words, and, and that might be like that for them for anything that they do mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in their lives. Words are words, and they're just going to say them. And for other people, they may be looking for a deeper kind of meaning for it, for those words. But I think the importance is just saying those, just making sure that we still say them no matter what. So that there becomes a time when it's just normal and it's, we, we don't remember not having not said it. And I also think too that, um, we just need to keep making people uncomfortable anyways. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't, then, you know, we're still kind of just in that same base of where is our reconciliation, right? And I think going beyond just, you know, challenge people to think about whether it's being a treaty person to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everyone should have a different answer. Mm-hmm. This is personal. Thank you for listening. This episode is produced by myself with help from Catherine Lennon, Trevor Chow Frazier, Ahmed Nomadic, and Chris Chayan Phillips. Kaz Mega made our theme music. 
The treaty acknowledgement you heard at the top of this episode came from Wesley Andreas. Special thanks to Cheryl Whiskeyjack, Chrissy Pace, and Manpri Sidhu for sharing their stories with me. Learn more about Bent Arrow at their website, bentarrow.ca, or on Facebook. To learn more about the Multicultural Coalition Community Project facilitated by Leslie Robinson, visit emcoalition.ca. For more information about our podcast, this podcast, check us out at otherwisepodcast.com or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at otherwise underscore show to stay in touch. We want to thank our partners, Ribbon Rouge, Confident Camel, Breathing Poetry, and Generation Shift. Our show is generously supported by the Edmonton Heritage Council. Otherwise, is an affiliated member of the Alberta Podcast Network. You can find fellow affiliates like the Well Endowed Podcast from the Edmonton Community Foundation at albertapodcastnetwork.com, along with a bunch of other Alberta-made podcasts. Keep in mind, how we share stories is just as important as who shares them. See you next time. <laughs>